You got the chill. The chill, chill, chill. Everybody's ego takes a shot on this show. This is Rutledge and Hamilton with Jim Rutledge and Matt Hamilton, presented by Coors Light on 100.5 ESPN. The best player on the face of the earth is Giannis Tetskepo, and he... Time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Say his name again. Giannis? Is Giannis Stetskampo and is Giannis Stetskampo and is Giannis Stetskampo and Broadcasting live from the ESPN Madison studio with Matt Hamilton, here's Jim Rutledge. Leave it to broadcaster extraordinaire Alex Strofe. Well, yeah. Jack, here's the deal. I'm the best there is. A jerk about enunciation. Nobody cares. It was just a really soft A. <laughs> At the beginning, the first letter of his name, his last name, just really soft A. That's Matt Hamilton. He almost missed it. His name is on the marquee. It is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue. You know what to do. And that's Crush, a Coors Light. We have Matt Hamilton for four to five days, maybe. Maybe the whole week, folks. Whole week. The whole week, folks. So that's exciting, even though uh, you were a loser. You didn't win again, right? Yes, I am still a loser. I only bring that up because our our friend Alex Strofe is pretending to like be like chill about it, but he's like through the moon. He won like a like a broadcaster award. He's a he's a lead broadcaster on the show, Mister Broadcaster Extraordinaire, and I know that he was just tickled pink because he won. What did you win? What was the thing on Saturday? It looked like the coolest party that I wasn't invited to in my entire life. Please tell me about the amazing award and who you beat out. There's a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> what are you asking me? Stop it. Just You're super excited about it. Just tell us about your silly award. What makes you think that? Because I know you. Because <laughs> I know you well. Alex, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for you. I think I'm it's excited. a big deal. I I'm think excited it's a big for deal. you, too. It's, it's, a big deal. it's very much a big deal to you, and that's why I'm happy for you. So it's tell big, us it. It sounds it. like a big deal to you. I haven't brought it up yet. Oh, um, it's on your mind. I, 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 <laughs> I won a large market play-by-play uh, on the radio side uh, for my call of the 608 basketball tournament in December. I beat Jesse Nelson. Oh, and Homer. Man. And Homer. Also beat Homer. But mainly, I beat Jesse Nelson. So you, but like large market play-by-play. So you, you beat like, like LePay and Larravee and all those guys, yeah, right? They're yeah, large yeah, market. You, you knocked it. them all out? You, you got it, man. Yeah? yeah, yeah. That's amazing. No doubt. Yeah. I know, right? I that's, know. that's really special. Pretty that's, wild. That's crazy. That is a... Nobody can hang with my stuff. Oh, man. What was the award thing you were at? Uh, it was the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Annual Gala. It, yeah. was, uh, it was quite the scene. Oh, it looked like it. I was following a social. It looked like winners everywhere. Our friend Pablo Iglesias won an award for yeah. uh, uh, WKOW. I think they won an award as well. The yeah, station. they won Station of the Year, yeah. Did we win Station of the Year? Uh, no, 620 WTMJ did, though. So we did. Good station. Karma. Yeah, Good yeah. Karma Brands won it. So Because yeah. that's the thing. Honestly, we're winners adjacent. Yes. Uh, we don't. We're, we're not here for awards. We're a show of the people. Yes. People like us, not broadcasters. <laughs> broadcasters don't like our Speaking show. of broadcasters, you guys hearing this buzz? I am 100% I am. hearing this buzz. I wanted to make fun of you for it because uh, I figured it was a you problem. Do you have something going on back there that the have you given up producing this show because now you're I think it's your content mic. producer guy? Hold what, on. What am I doing? With my yeah, it's definitely your mic. I don't know what's wrong with it. Great. That's no big deal. I guess I'll have to hop over uh, and switch during the break. 844-770-3776. Are you hearing the buzz <laughs> on the radio? <laughs> Thank you. If you could play uh, producer, because Alex Strofe is now can't. I, I could confirm it's your mic. So yeah, I can tell. You, when now, you turned them off, it was silent. Now, what I wanted to do mainly, like I wanted to give you some love, but I really just wanted to dunk on Jesse Nelson and the Wilding House show, the other show presented, you know, in part by Coors Light, because you got a first place finish for play by play. That's correct. And who did you? Who was second? Uh, Steve the Homer True. Who's opposite of us right now in yep. Milwaukee. Yep. And okay. then who was third? Uh, Jesse Nelson. So this, was this like a good Karma Awards thing? or uh, We just happened to have the three finalists. So like, how'd you get nominated? Uh, how did I get nominated? Yeah. Like, uh, how'd you get your name in this? Uh, yeah. I mean, every station nominates uh, their best work from the <laughs> previous calendar oh, year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So self-nominated. <laughs> 119 <laughs> stations competed statewide. Oh, All that's, right. That's fantastic. Well, good for you, bud. Yeah, and then what else were you nominated for? This one's funny. Yeah. Uh, this one's pretty good. 
I took second place for uh, best radio online personality. <laughs> guess guess who I beat out? Matt, you don't know this. Guess who I beat out? Somebody that works on our station. Who I should not be beating in this award. Oh. There's a long list. I know who it is. Jason Wildey. That's correct. He, Realistically, shouldn't Matt Hamilton have been nominated? Uh, Why? He, he, you're a radio personality, and you have a massive social following. You're a very good follow. Like, Yeah, but I don't know. Stroph does such a good job. Thanks, I don't Matt. think. I can't. Thank I, you. My social uh, but here's the thing, Matt. presence doesn't even hold a candle. Who, 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 decides, <laughs> who, who decides who gets nominated? I think it was Alex Stroph is the, is the problem. Is this self-nomination? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can hang with my stuff. Nobody can hang with my stuff. But the main part is Jesse Nelson, loser, third place, and <laughs> also Wilde and Tausch, losers compared to the Rutledge and Hamilton show. Because you and I didn't do anything, <laughs> but no. Strofe carried us to a first place and second place finish. Well, so. Jack, here's the deal. I'm the best there is. We are a winning show, Matt we Hamilton. We are a winning especially show. Especially compared uh, to those losers over at Wilding Tosh, at least in the WBA world, <laughs> which is the only world that I care about. All right, Matt Hamilton, you made your way and you all the way from Canada. What part of Canada were you in? The city that rhymes with fun. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I guess that it taught me the name of it. Please. Beautiful Regina. <laughs> this cannot be a real place it in this is. world. It is. Not, what it's is not the po- just that it's real, Jim. It is the capital like of the province of Saskatchewan. So you want to go Regina, Saskatchewan is, is a tongue twister. <laughs> How many people live in Regina, Saskatchewan? Um, Alex Strofe. Well, Alex can look it up. He's oh, I know. I think it's like 150. Maybe 200. That's the capital? 200, maybe. Yeah. Oh man, is that considered large market? Would like if, if Strofe went, right? went and hosted his they own? They have a professional football team called if, the if, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. If Strofe went and hosted a show in uh, Regina, Saskatchewan, would that be, would he win a large market host award there? No, but he'd w- definitely win large market play by play. Okay, okay. We <laughs> give me out a Rough Riders game. Count me in, dude. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, Regina's population. <laughs> I got to be careful not to misspeak. <laughs> Does rhyme with fun. Two hundred twenty-eight thousand nine hundred twenty-eight in the two thousand seventeen census. So the do the Rough Riders play in Regina? Yes. Okay. Actually, our the, our curling tournament was right next to their stadium. Like their whole like it's like a, it's kind of a sports complex. Mm-hmm. There's probably eight hockey rinks in this arena that we were in, and we we're on one of them for curling. So does the population of Regina grow when the curling team appears? <laughs> like when they have these tournaments? Honestly. There's like a double? Hey now. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of people. Like I, We signed some autographs. There's a lot of people from like the surrounding areas that came to Regina. Yeah. You'd be I'm. I was shocked too, Jim. <laughs> Regina's a destination. They come from surrounding areas, huh? You uh, gotta come in. You gotta come see the curling. Hey now. Uh, Matt Hamilton draws, and Team Schuster draws, to Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> you say that funny. Yeah. Shawan, I'm not, I, like I it's Szechuan pepper. I really don't care how I say Saskatchewan. I just wanted to make sure I got the first yeah. uh, town correct. So how did you get back? You travel? Yeah. Uh, it was way, way cheaper to fly in the U.S. and then just rent a car and drive across the border. So I stayed in Williston, North Dakota. And then drove to Regina? And then drove to Regina, and then back, we stayed the night in Williston on Saturday night. And Are there more out. people in Williston or Regina? Williston's surprisingly big oil money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not, I mean, I guess what Well, else so my teammate's John Landsteiner. He actually is an engineer. Is he an oil engineer? Is he well, an oil baron in time? Williston no, he's is not a- an oil baron, but like he he is like an engineer that basically tells them when the like the pipelines are corroded and when they need to be replaced. Okay. So that's like his job. So he was like Williston. That's where all the pipelines run yeah. to. There's a ton of like refineries and stuff. Yeah, there, so. Williston's population a little bit more comparable to Sun Prairie than it is Regina. Yeah, okay. twenty-seven thousand people, about ten percent the size of Regina. But they had an airport. So can you look <laughs> it up? It's a small Regina version. Is like <laughs> Judah. I'm trying to figure out where in Wisconsin would be comparable size to Regina in Canada. I don't know. Uh, uh, we'll have to figure that. Maybe Madison. it's Judah, Wisconsin. No, but you, I said size. In terms of population? Yes. Yeah, two, so, it's 228,000 in Regina. Okay. Yeah, so that's like just like the city of Madison. If you were to take all of like our surrounding area, like that Regina census, I'm sure. 
I, I, th- I feel like Madison's up to like 400 when the students are around and you include some prairie that's true. in Verona. Yeah, yeah that's, that's counting the surrounding areas, but Madison yeah. alone is 269. Okay. Nice. All right, so Matt Hamilton. Hey, now. You're a traveler. Yes. And my, I don't know what's the better version of traveling. Is it traveling early in the morning or is it traveling in the afternoon or after work? The morning, like, I, I get it. I like traveling in the morning because I like getting to my destination early, but I'm whooped. I I was traveling home yesterday. I was up at 3.30 in the morning, like bed by 10.30, 11. So I had four hours of sleep for a travel day. Like, great. I was home by 10.30, 11 o'clock, but like, I'm dog tired. What's the point? What's the point of getting home so early if you don't have the energy to do any of the things that you would like to do that you got home early for. So like, that's kind of where I'm in this conundrum. Should I just like sleep in and fly out later? Is that the the better play? And then I'm more well rested, show up to wherever I'm at. And I, at least I don't feel like I have to take a nap because we established I'm a nap boy <laughs> when I tuned in for like two segments this last week. How often did you nap when you were in Regina? Every day, every day. How long? Oh, uh, like an hour or two. Nice. I think it must be nice to be like Mr. Matt Hamilton. It is. This I'll is, be honest, it is. Yes, it absolutely <laughs> is. So 844-770-3776. Travel. Better to fly out early or to fly out late. Or or travel at, at all. Like if you're taking a road trip. True, yeah. Like any sort of travel. Would you rather go like kind of after work in the afternoon or early in the morning? Give us your travel strategy. 844-770-3776. I'll tell you, if I'm flying solo, I want to fly out from here early so I can get to my destination as fast as possible. And then when I'm flying back, I don't want to fly back too late because I want to be able to get home and see the family, but I'd prefer to leave afternoon. I don't want to have to get rushed to leave the hotel room. So ideally, if I'm leaving the actual hotel around noon, and so I'm flying out at 2, 3 o'clock, I think that's perfect. Otherwise, uh, on the way, though, I want to get out early and, and get there, and I'll deal with being tired. Because usually... When you get somewhere that you want to go, you have some adrenaline when you land, and you kind of just deal with it, and you can kind of power through. I talked right. about it when I went down to West Palm Beach. I had gotten up at 3 a.m. Well, I was on the air 2 to 3, so I was actually up for 24 hours straight, but I really didn't feel it until I actually went to go to bed. It was the next day, and it happened to me when I went out to California, same thing. That was not on purpose. I got stuck in Minneapolis uh, because the flight was missed, and so right. not by me, but by the connecting flight. So then I had to leave at like 3 a.m. and got out to L.A., and my clock was all sorts of out of whack at that yeah. point, and that was a little harder to deal with. But same thing. It was the next day, like waking up and like being so far off on your normal sleep schedule that your body's just kind of like, I'm shutting it down. I, need, I did take yeah. a nap that day, for sure. Well, nap boy Jim over there. Absolutely. Now, the big issue is when you fly home early when you're coming home, mm-hmm. like when you come home and fly early, because th- when you get home – there isn't that adrenaline rush of getting to your new location. You're just like, oh, I'm exhausted. And then the day's kind of wasted. I was able to nap and rally, which is a thing that in your 20s when you learn how to puke and rally, then you learn how to nap and rally in your late 30s and early 30s. You know what? I want to do separately. <laughs> I don't want to do this travel question. 844-770-3776. You can tell us about it, but like, do you nap? That's my question. 844-770-3776. Do you nap? And I asked because my uh, six-year-old, she had a sleepover on uh, Saturday night. and No, it was Friday night. And Saturday, she we gave her compliments. She listened to her body. She went and took a nap. After lunch, she was so tired. Everything was making her cry. And she just said, I'm going to go lay down. And she was out like a light. I had to wake her up at like 4 o'clock. So she slept like three hours. But the last time I took a nap, or if like, I've fallen asleep with the kids and I take a nap, it is hard to get up. And so I don't necessarily, I haven't conditioned myself for naps that if I do nap, I'm a kind of a wreck. It, I'm not one to, it won't keep me up later. Like if I slept and fell asleep from like two to four, I could still go to sleep my normal time. But it's getting moving after napping two to four that would really crush me. 844-770-3776. Do you nap, Stro? Are you a napper? Pretty occasionally. Uh, I took one yesterday. but I Big was day? Hung, I was hungover, yeah. Okay. So is that really napping? Were you ever up? Uh, yeah, I got up. Okay. I got up. I ate some lunch. Had a really greasy burger. And then went back to bed? No, I went back to sleep. So I don't know if that's really... I that's a nap. I guess that's so. But I only slept for like an hour. I mean, was more, it in bed? Was or did you fall like fall asleep in the couch? 
No, I, I napped in bed, but okay. that was on purpose. But I was like, that's not like a strate- like Matt's taking strategic naps to like recharge and get through the day. You just were too tired, and you kind of just took you took a break from sleeping to eat, and went back to sleep. More than like a nap. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> You're like a, a hibernating bear. <laughs> fair, honestly. Uh, 844-770-3776. Do you nap? I'll tell you what. After working out of Carbon World Health, I definitely could use a nap. That's why I got my big water bottle here from my friends at Carbon World Health. You get some awesome gear there from them. But also, you can go there, more importantly, sign up and learn more about semi-glutite, which I take. To keep your glutes tight? Absolutely. I'm down 26 pounds from taking semi-glutite. It's the only FDA-approved weight loss treatment that will help you burn fat, not muscle. That means my body fat percentage is dropping as well. My muscle mass is going up, and I'm feeling better because I'm weighing less, and that means I'm more active. And it, it rolls, I guess, downhill is a term I use, but in a good way that success begets success. You start losing weight, and then you want to work out more, and then you lose more weight, and you gain more muscle, and all that can start at Carbon World Health. Start your weight loss journey. Get healthier at Carbon World Health. Try the six-week experience and tell them Rutledge sent you. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. You listen to me. Stop all that mansplaining. No one's listening. Tell me who gave you the permission to speak. I am your mother. You listen to me. Miss, miss, Mr. Big Boy. Pulling up in your big toy. Said all that blah, blah, blah. This is Megan Trainer, right? Sure is. She's got a weird sound. I like it. It's, it's like a. Like 50s with some hip-hop tied into it. It's got like a hip-hop beat, but it sounded... Initially, the start of the song sounded a little bit like Mr. Sandman. Bring me a dream. And then... For sure. And she's got some... It's not... A, it's a unique sound. I enjoy it. But it is definitely something that I don't think anyone has really been able to repeat. She's got, what, like four or five like top songs? Number yeah, one song? Yeah, something like that. All about that bass, right? That's All about that bass yes. is Megan Trainer. Yep. No treble. No, no treble. treble. This is Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Uh, he's Matt Hamilton. I am Jim Rutledge. It's Mountain Blue. You know what to do? And that's Crush at Coors Light. How are you adjusting to your new seat? Uh, I hate it. I hate it a lot. You look great on uh, on our stream on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at, at ESPN Madison. But, Maybe uh, we'll mix it up, because I, I was trying to be a team player. Maybe we can vote on it, 844-770-3776. Now, Matt and I, we tried this once before. Matt said he was too far apart for me. But I don't know if that was true or if he just hated moving, because we're all creatures of habit. And he has not said I'm too far apart now, but this time I'm the one that moved as opposed to Matt. Because prior we thought it, maybe it, Matt could It makes sit. my angles very nice for this show. Like, I don't have to turn my head too much to look between you and Alex. I, I really like it, but I do feel like I'm in the driver's seat. Uh, I feel like both of your attention is focused on me. Well, that as, as, as it should be is the way I want it. <laughs> I like it that way. <laughs> That's a big hairy American winning machine. Yeah, that does sound like something about Hamilton. <laughs> Would say he's got more Ricky Bobby in him than we give him credit for. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, big hairy winning machine. Matt Hamilton, alongside tall, uh, hairless broadcaster Alex. Strofe. Hairless. He's got a beard. Alex, Alex Strofe. I was just trying to. Do a comp there, a yeah. juxtaposition, if you will. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you nap? 844-770-3776. That is our first X-Golf, or excuse me, our, X, our first Iron Jock poll question. Brett and Claire chimes in. No nap on the go constantly. All right. Brett is a man on Let's the go. go. Brett. Yeah. Now, I don't have the time to nap, but on the weekend once in a while, it's crossed my mind. You got the kids. I Maybe I can talk. Again, I, sometimes I can talk Noel into like, hey, you want to nap? I'll lay with you. But it's usually a bad choice because I have a hard time getting going. And she did, t- I mean, after three hours, three, her, that's too her long face was nap. like red. Yeah, that's she, a long nap. So what is your prime nap time? Well, there, there's two things I, that I, I'll do for a nap. Like, especially if I got to take a short one, stay, a little thing called a caffeine nap. Never heard of it? Tell me about it. So I'll either have like a cup of coffee or a Red Bull and then lay down and try and get some sleep. And you, typically when you do that, it takes your body a little bit of time to like process some of that caffeine. So you get to sleep, and then you wake up maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes later, and the caffeine is kind of like fully kicked in, and you're just kind of like up 
and ready to go. It's just not, like it's like a power nap, short one. I don't hate that. You kind of wake up and it's you already got that like caffeine in your system. You don't have to like go get a cup of coffee or anything. But shorter naps are definitely key. If I'm gonna take a longer nap prior to like a match or something. I need to have a plan for after, like, to go get a coffee or something to, like, you're right, help me wake up. Are you up. a gold medalist uh, napper as well? Are you a gold I, medal napper? Yeah. If I if I want to fall asleep, I could probably fall asleep if I want to. So if there was, like, an Olympic competition and, like, you had to, like, like nap and then wake up and compete in something, you would do really well. <laughs> I would do really well because that's what I do anyway. I voluntarily do that. <laughs> oh, man. It's a process. you got to plan your day out, especially when you're competing. Pack, plan yes. that nap. Do you think Jordan love naps? I mean, I don't know. Maybe on game day they do like a morning it's, run through, get a little nap in, and then you play at three thirty. Like, yeah, I could see that. It's definitely not uncommon that athletes do nap. Now we can debate all we want if Matt's an athlete or <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> no, we no, we can't debate that. I have a gold medal at the Olympics. We cannot debate whether I'm an athlete. I am an athlete. <laughs> <laughs> We can debate whether Jim or Alex are athletes. I definitely fall in that category. (laughs) But regardless, athletes do nap, including Matt Hamilton. Or athletes nap, so does Matt Hamilton. However we want to word it. (laughs) However we want to word that. Look, we all know Tausha revealed your your training schedule to us. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Every four years. You you golf throughout the summer, and then every four years you pick it up. and, And then you start curling. Yeah. This is the first year I've played in a non-Olympic year, here's as far thing, as Tausch is concerned. The, the the trick for Matt is everyone forgets about curling, and then he's the only one that remembers to start doing it right before the Olympics kick back in, and then you're ready to go. Just dialed by then. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, Jordan Love doing his best to be dialed in. A lot of projection. And I keep on telling this to, to Packer fans, Matt, of one, I don't think the Packers are counting on Jordan Love to be the driver of their new championship window if he is great but that's not their plan their plan is not contingent on if Jordan Love is good or not and I keep on telling Packer fans that this year is a reset or Willie and Tausch used uh, recombobulation but whatever you want to call it I think the Packers are rolling it out there saying we want to see what we have in these players and after this year we'll be able to clear up some more cap space have more draft play or more players added to the draft see what players we've added through the draft already can uh, hit and will be good and who won't be good. And Jordan Love, especially, look, their contract tells you the Packers, I don't think, have a strong care either way if Jordan Love is good or not. And I think the 49ers are their blueprint for it. And the 49ers rolled with Jimmy G, who is... When you say good or not, that's what I'm I'm curious about. I should have elite or not. Yes. Elite or not. All right, because they definitely care if he's good or not. Goody's job is on the line if he is... Right. Now, but if Jordan Love, which is the most likely scenario here, goes out and looks just fine, Alex Smith, you can win a lot of games with that guy. Now, why do teams move off Alex Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins? Because at some point you won a lot of games and you don't win a Super Bowl. And if it's not Aaron, San Francisco 49ers. Right. But they've, they did try Trey Lance. So right. you can do two things at once. They were able to create a scenario where they were able to get a high draft pick. So far, Trey Lance hasn't worked out. But the 49ers, over the last 11 years, kind of mirrors the success or more successful than the Packers over the last 11 years. Because since the Packers won the Super Bowl, the 49ers have gone to more than the Packers. And they have won the division a fair amount of times and have had deep playoff runs. They are not far off. And so it's not the worst. And my, I don't even want to debate that. I'm saying it's not the worst game plan to just go out there and try to build everything around the quarterback, and then go with a guy who's a glorified game manager like Jimmy G, and hope at some point you hit with Trey Lance or Brock Purdy, and you keep on taking bites at the apple with a youngster. But that's not going to be your end all be all. You're not going to start your team building with your quarterback. And I think that's where the Packers are headed towards. It's just so weird as a fan over the last 30 years. We had that key piece at quarterback and then tried to put as many pieces around him. And now what I'm hearing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying the Packers are pivoting and they're trying to get a lot of pieces around more of a a game manager, somebody who can just play the part. This is like opposite of what the Packers have tried to do in the past of building around a quarterback. Now we're building a team and 
replacing a quarterback or maybe like a coach's avatar, as you like to say, in behind under center. I just don't think they're going to bend over backwards to make sure that Jordan Love is the guy. Or I think if Jordan Love goes out and looks okay, I think they'll offer him a contract that they're comfortable with. And if not, they'll move on from him. I think, and this is not the worst way to do it, because, again, using the Packers as an example, with Aaron Rodgers, they didn't get back to the Super Bowl. And that's the most common way to build things. I think the 49ers have gone counter culture in this and the idea and and that's where Matt LaFleur is a disciple of they've said the quarterback is the hardest thing to get and um, we're not saying we're not going to want a great quarterback but we're not going to reach we're not going to cripple our team and try to get that quarterback to try to trade for Lamar Jackson or Russell Wilson or trade very high in the draft instead we will get a quarterback in here who can drive the car capably we'll build a great roster around him and when the opportunity arises, we'll continue to take shots at getting a great quarterback. But until that time, we're not going to do anything stupid. We're not going to we're not going to overshoot our skis on this. We're we're going to try to be smart about team building. And then when the quarterback lands, it lands because it's not it's not a bad plan. Look at all these teams that look down to Chicago. Maybe they have a quarterback, Justin Fields, or maybe they don't. But last year, they couldn't even really figure it out because they had no players around them. They were very thin, and then a bunch of guys got hurt. And so now, in year, and in a year before that, they were in an in-between team. They had some defensive playmakers, but not much on offense, and the offense didn't match field. So now in year three, they're going into it with Justin Fields, only knowing that they love his work ethic, they love how he's improved from year one to year two to year three, and they love that he's an elite runner, but they still don't know, can he take the next step to be a top-10 QB? And that's in year three. Obviously, the Packers are even further along. And I right. think that's what the 49ers have been able to avoid. They don't know what Trey Lance is, but they don't. it doesn't matter. Because they got Jimmy G on a good deal, or they had Jimmy G on a good deal. And now they have Brock Purdy. And what do they do when they had Brock Purdy, uh, who's injured, and they have Trey Lance still? They went and signed Sam Darnold. They didn't go out and yeah. break the bank. They said, we have McCaffrey, we have Bosa, we have Samuel, we have all these great players. They were 12-1 after they got McCaffrey. He's the bigger driver for all the wins than Brock Purdy. So I just think, look, I just think as it goes, the Packers clearly want Jordan Love to be great, but they're not going to, and I think this can be freeing for Packer fans early on, they're not going to be made or broken if Jordan Love is good or bad. I think they're trying to build a roster to cover that. It's it's so wild, too, because it's the end of an era for Packers like style, it seems like. Because we had, even after uh, Brett Favre, there was... New, there was hype around Aaron Rodgers. Like, he could be a guy. He could be a franchise guy. And now I'm not hearing anything close to this kind of hype for Jordan Love. And he and – we're and you're talking like building this team out without that centerpiece at quarterback and then just trying to have a good enough guy at quarterback to drive forward. That, that is just so different from what I've ever known as a Packer fan. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that transition goes, whether – we eventually find a guy who's great, or if there's going to be another 20 years of trying to build a team around a guy who's just ho-hum, are we going to fall back into that 70s, 80s Packers uh, purgatory, so to speak? So it's gonna, it's definitely a different, uh, a different mindset going into the season, and it's going to have to be with, uh, with a quarterback like Jordan Love, an unproven guy, who knows? I want to ask this, 844-770-3776. Wilding Tausch talked about it today. I'm sure Scalzo and Bruss will talk about it later. All this talk about a re- rebuild, recombobulation, reset, whatever you want to use. The question I want to ask you, and this is our, our Iron Jack poll question, 844-770-3776. Did the Packers need a rebuild? I think that they had used up their runway with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback as far as winning Super Bowls, winning something significant. And when you win so many NFC North titles in such a weak conference, at some point that loses its significance. Now, if they go a few years without winning it, it can feel more important. But when you have Aaron Rodgers, you have Super Bowl aspirations. And now you're resetting the clock. So I do think they needed to rebuild. I do think that the Packers needed to start some sort of reset or rebuilding process. And I don't think that's bad. So you thought the Packers' runway to be winners – had just about run out. With Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl, yes. Right. I don't think Aaron Rodgers' window is done. 
I think his window with the Green Bay Packers Packers was done for many reasons that weren't his fault and not necessarily the Packers. When you pay these guys and then you you miss on someone or the timeline doesn't match up or the wrong injury and it, it just doesn't click at all the right points, leadership, not being bought all in. Uh, there's, we know the history with Rodgers. I think all those things combined said that they had to rebuild. And when you get rid of Aaron Rodgers, you're rebuilding. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. The mountains are blue and we can prove it. Follow the show on Twitter at Jim and Matt. Bang away. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. Our Iron Jock poll question: Did the Packers need a rebuild? I'm Jim Rutledge alongside Matt Hamilton. Hello. It kind of <laughs> did it not seem to you like they were already kind of in this rebuild. They lost Devonte. They're able to keep. They're able to keep uh, Aaron Jones, but you know, team friendly deal for like given the running back market currently. Uh, it was a it was an Aaron Jones friendly deal. I think they wanted a security blanket for Jordan Love, and Aaron looked at the market and said, "I don't know if I'm getting this anyways, so why not just stay in Green Bay?" Right, hundred percent. But like, it kind of already felt like a rebuild. Even it felt like they were slowly kind of rebuilding slash maintaining when they had Rodgers, and now with this. With Jordan Love and the absolute lack of any free agency moves prior to this draft and having all this draft capital that we're fortunate enough to get the deal done before uh, before the draft for Aaron Rodgers that we were able to use this, um, I felt like we were kind of in a rebuild anyway. And now we're what are we doing? We're, we had a ton of draft capital. I think I heard nine were confirmed signed. We probably got more of them signed by now. They're, but all, like, they're all going to be signed. Yeah. They're all signed. Like, we're... Building from within, like the Packers always do. Like, this was a rebuild. Well, and when you have Aaron Rodgers, and this is where it gets different for me, like the Packers always do, it kind of makes sense. One, because you're paying that franchise quarterback a boatload of money. But then two, you have to figure out ways to stay young as your quarterback gets older. So, I don't, again, I never, the plan for the Packers was always good enough to get you right there. And there are other teams like the Saints and the Colts at times with, with Peyton that didn't do as well with their franchise quarterbacks as far as consistently right. as the Packers did. Now, we can argue all day was that Aaron Rodgers not coming through when he needed, or was that the team not giving the final pieces? Because I think you can look at the Colts and the Saints and say there were just some years where this team, the teams just weren't good enough. Like they, no matter what performance you were going to get out of Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, and the stats showed it, mm-hmm. they could carry a team, but you can only make, as we like to say here, you, you can't make uh, chicken salad out of uh, out of chicken poop. And so, <laughs> I don't think Aaron Rodgers was given uh, chicken scratch or, or chicken poop too often. This last year he was right, and he couldn't make chicken salad out of it, but. I think you're on to something. The rebuild had started. And Aaron Rodgers was the, the last uh, Band-Aid to be ripped off. They were They were slow. And like, it's still happening. Like it's going to be Mercedes Lewis, but like, they're not going to bring him back. Right. right but Even with Keyshawn Nixon tweeting about the idea that he wants Mercedes back in the building I mean, next year. That's a ba- Honestly, that's a bad football decision. With no knock on Mercedes Lewis as a football player, but... Why? This team is trying to get their young players as much experience as possible so they can be veteran the to next. guide some of those new Which tight ends. Got bu- you got two new tight ends and a guy like Mercedes Lewis who got to have a taste of being a guy who is a target. It's better they play. And then now he's a blocking guy. It's better they play. You don't think it, that's what we got a coach for? That's what we got oh, David Bakhtiari for. I, I, agree. I think it's better I, they play. I think there is value in it. So it takes a roster spot I, and dollars. I get it, but like no, I'd be totally fine if you they have did Guara trade him to the Jets. And Davis and you drafted two tight ends. That's four guys. And why would Mercedes Lewis, Mercedes Lewis come here? Like why would he? I mean, he knows this team is not actively competing to go to the Super Bowl. Why would? Because Mercedes Lewis is like thirty nine years old, and he'll take a contract anywhere. He, he also could just say, "I'm thirty nine years old. I had a nice run, and now my best friend Aaron Rodgers isn't here. I don't need to suffer through another eight nine year." Well, he's gonna go to. The Jets, and then he'll and go. then he'll go 12, 13 wins, potentially. Wait, you keep on. Mercedes Lewis is not on the roster, correct? No, he's not on the okay, roster. Thanks. Oh, yes, I just wanted to make sure Matt kept on saying trade him or let him go. 
No, nah, he ain't right. around. And I don't think he, <laughs> if you told me Mercedes Lewis never steps foot in Green Bay again, it would not. Outside of maybe if they play the Packers, I would not be surprised. <laughs> That would be interesting if there's the Jets versus the Packers. That could be a thing year. next year, depending on how the two teams wrap up. But were the Packers in need of a rebuild heading into 2023? 844-770-3776. 87% of you say yes. And it's continuing. Bakhtiari, I would be blown away if he's on the team next year. Aaron Jones, probably the same thing. And so, and that's not a bad thing. Those players are aging and you're resetting your window. We talked about it some last week when you were gone, Matt, but you can call it a reset. Maybe reset's a better word, whatever you want to call this, but they needed it because uh, Kenny Clark's a guy that his contract and age might not fit the new window of this team. Hell, Jordan Love, I know he's young, but his contract might not fit, and it goes back to my original premise. I don't think the Packers, and it shows in their contract, are counting on Jordan Love to be the next savior to lead this team to the Super Bowl. I think they'd be happy if he is. But their contract says, dude, be good or don't. We're, we're in the middle of trying to get this roster right. That's why I think the reset word applies so much better because we're not just resetting like in the idea of a rebuild. We're resetting almost like a an idea as how the Packers are move forward as a franchise to, be, to stay competitive. And we're, like you said, Jim, we're going to build a team around and then try and put a capable quarterback – in because we know how hard it is to get a golden ticket guy. So the reset thing, I think, fits even more applicably because aside from just rebuilding a team, you're kind of rebuilding philosophy and how you should build this team. So I think it's really interesting and in, uh, where the Packers are going are moving right now and how they're going to like set up this squad for success in the future. Like I'm not expecting immediate success this year, but I'm hoping to see some flashes of like really well-designed offenses, maybe even if Jordan Love isn't making all the uh, the throws, if guys are open and they're just missed, like that's going to be reassuring in a lot of situations where you're like, okay, the scheme is right. The, co- the coaches and everything behind the system is right. You just need to get them the ball better. And whether Jordan Love ends up being that guy or not is kind of a moot point when you have a draft every year and you could take another bite at that apple. Because like you said, if, if you can continuously work a flow of players around a quarterback and then just put in a comparable guy, you can just reset that quarterback clock every three, four years and get a new guy. They're going to try to be winners. You can be a winner. Go to Ho-Chunk Gaming. Madison, biggest win so far this year. Fifty, or Excuse me, they've won $50 million in jackpots over Ho-Chunk Gaming. Madison so far this year. 218000 is the largest win, the biggest jackpot over at Ho-Chunk Gaming. Madison, go there on May 27th for the Windy 500. They're giving 30 winners $500 each. Alex Strofe, do the Packers need a rebuild going into this year? Reset, recombobulation, whatever word you want to use. Yeah, one of those rewords for sure. Um, I, I don't know that I'd go as far as to say this is a rebuild, guys, but I, I would say it's very close. What right? makes you tell What tells you it's not? Uh, Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones are still in the roster. So right. those two guys alone make this not a rebuild, and this is a different. Correct. See, I think, I, they I think to- they're offloading as much money as they possibly can if this is a full blown rebuild, right? They still need guys in the room that uh, that know what the standard has been in Green Bay the past several years. So I view it as very close to a rebuild. I, I think it's more that than a recombobulation or a reset or a reload or anything like that. But I don't think I'd go as far to say it. You is don't a think Packers' philosophy is going to be a re- reset a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's a fair question, and and we'll see. But uh, yeah. I, I would expect not. I mean, they they still expect they can go out and win and, and, and be a playoff team. I don't think they they have they have Super Bowl aspirations. But right. I think there's a team that and I still trust think they love. believe build from within as well. Right? Jim seems to not think that. I think you're really wish casting here. I think the team is just whatever we got out of Jordan Love. How can you think? Like they have no idea what Jordan Love is. They mm-hmm. don't. They because he hasn't played. Even Jordan Love said after the Eagles game, like I don't know. Like I don't like that was not a real defense scheme to stop me, and they were allowing me to throw the ball underneath. They didn't want to throw in deep, and what happened? Jordan Love took the passes that were there, and Christian Watson took one to the house, and he just made the easy throws. And I'm not saying that Jordan Love can't do that, but Jordan Love even knew that that was very, very much an asterisk performance for him. So yeah, that Jordan was a Love situational base. Jordan Love doesn't know what he is. The Packers don't know what he is. He still can be way better than he was, but still they have no idea what he's going to be. So I don't. The Packers aren't actively not trying to win. Playoff, go to the playoffs. I, 
Look, Alex, I wouldn't be blown away if they trade Bakhtiari or Aaron Jones this season. Look, again, Chicago traded Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith. In Chicago, could you have told yourself last year, well, they have those two guys, so they're not, they're not uh, rebuilding. No, they just didn't have the right way to get rid of them. And right. then they did. Then the opportunity came up, and they traded one for a fourth rounder and the other one for a second rounder. So if the opportunity came up, you wouldn't trade Bakhtiari for a fifth rounder, they wouldn't trade Aaron Jones for a third rounder. If the season goes along and they're and they still could also get do it, Chicago. They also Chicago also acquired a player. The Packers could not be done building the roster. They could try to move one of these guys and then acquire another pick or acquire a different player. Maybe they move right. Bakhtiari and they acquire some young receiver that someone else is kind of meh on. Right. Their version of Chase Claypool this year. Yeah. I, I don't think it I I don't think that they are building the roster with the eye towards competing. This year, I think they want. I think they're not actively not trying to win this year. But this year is not when they're going through their priority list of like, what do we need to be successful? It is for the next championship window, not for 2023. And that's good, right? It would it would be awful if the Packers are saying, "How do we squeeze out the division this year? Let's go sign some bums." <laughs> like that's just that would be terrible. And that's kind of what they screwed up at last year. They signed bum-ass Sammy Watkins and a bunch of other bums and it didn't turn out to anything. But they thought, this, we got to squeeze it out a little bit more. We got bum Randall Cobb who didn't get anywhere close to Matt Hamilton's prediction. And they got bum Sammy Watkins. <laughs> he wasn't utilized, right? <laughs> Felt like Green Bay to me. You know what is utilized right and you're wearing it today is Iron Jock. Yes, that's because Iron Jock is a Wisconsin-based company. We love Wisconsin-based products here on Rutledge and Hamilton. Uh, they've got the state-of-the-art silver ion technology that's guaranteed to keep you feeling fresh and provide odor-fighting technology and protection for as long as you own it. It's performance apparel that's designed from the inside out. And Iron Jock provides a combination of superior moisture management, better cooling, static control, stain blocking, and storm proof weather resistant materials so that's right whether you're hanging out outside and going for runs when it's a drizzly rainy day like today or you just like to go outside and get your activities on in bright shining sunlight iron jock will keep you feeling fresh and feeling awesome all the time i got a special code for you that's still around for a few more days runs through may 14th it is two two t1 free it's ironjock.com it's ironjoc.com 2t1 free it does pop up How's when you go to ironjock.com uh ironjoc.com it pops up immediately no, when you go on there no the 2t one free yeah. so it's 2 the letter, the letter t number. the number the number 2 the letter, letter t number 1 and yeah. free but again it pops uh, up as soon as you go to ironjock.com gotcha. so the simpler thing to do than hear me it. stumble through that <laughs> is just go to ironjock.com <laughs> and with its uh, joc and then use that code this is Roger Hamilton presented by Coors Light You're listening to Rutledge and Hamilton, presented by Coors Light. Miss any of the show? Find full show podcasts free on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. I think it is. You, you get like, Matt, you're an athlete and I'm a radio host. Same difference. And <laughs> you got like muscle memory of like, all right, where's my mic turned yeah. on? Where's my volume was too loud coming in my in a, not a, Nothing is where I'm reaching for it. But that's Good because, athletes adapt. Good radio hosts adapt. Yes. Uh, award-winning radio host uh, produce. Yeah. And he, he adapted. He, he made sure you moved spaces so our wonderful listeners can hear that little buzz that was going on. Yes, super uh, producer Alex Strove deserved super deserved of that uh, large market play-by-play announcer of the year award. The big hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. So I did, you know, switch seats. If you are tuning in at Jim and Matter on YouTube, it looks a little different. But that's nothing against Matt. He doesn't stink or anything. But that's because I'm wearing the Iron Jock. That is true. What do you do? We'll throw this out to you and the listeners. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. When you're around someone who's stinky. There's multiple layers to this. Uh, I, so tonight, 
whatever. I don't even care. We're going to a thing with uh, at the my daughter's school. It's a <laughs> like a concert. She says so she's doing that a little choir, and I think she's in that. And where she's, is this going? She'll perf- I'm telling you, <laughs> and she's performing. Uh, she's doing violin as well, and this is now the third one this year. It's at the, the gym at the school, and the last two times, my wife and I get in, you know, early enough, but uh, we usually. Not like as early as some get there. So we have room. We usually kind of go to the back area and sit. And we've sat in two different sets of bleachers. But both times, there's another family that gets in later than us. And I don't know how to say this in any other terms except for the the father in this family smells like vomit. And (laughs) that's so brutal. It's the truth. Because my poor (laughs) wife, who has a very... I would say uh, sensitive schnoz. Yeah, she smells like she'll ask me all the time. Do you smell this? Smell that? I go, no, I don't smell anything. But with this, she does, and it's worse because if I can smell it, she can barely do it. Like to the point, my eyes are watering, and we've been able to like navigate around because I might gag. And we have a six-year-old. So what have you been doing? She's not subtle. Like you know what? Like she will be like it stinks, and so uh, we quick. What we do is there's usually a time where uh, I think the first time my wife just pretended she had to get up and like go somewhere and then we just kind of followed and just sat somewhere new tried to play it cool of like oh we're gonna get up and then just move to a different like we were leaving and then went to the right. other bleachers but then the, the last time here someone got up and we just kept on scooting over to the left as spots opened up like kind of one by one <laughs> and got far <laughs> enough away to be able to hang so i don't know for today i'm just gonna i almost want to say we're just gonna wait and wherever they sit we're gonna avoid so it's the same family both times yes Oh yeah, just avoid them. Yeah, what's but uh, the you problem can't tell is them, what are they going to do? Right, the problem is we've sat first and then they we like it's, just, it's not that big of a space, so it's not like they're we don't know them. It's not trying to sit by us. It just is unfortunate, and they don't have to sit that close for us to smell them. Well, why don't you just try and sit in the front where all the seats will get filled up faster? That's true. That is true. I'm more of a seat the sit in the I, back person. Yeah, but, I know you like to think you're cool guy Jim yeah, Relich yeah, yeah. and sit in the back of yeah, class. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. no, back I think bus, you, I think you class, take front and center, and then let those seats around you fill up. Eight four four seven seven zero thirty seven seventy six. What do you do with stinky people? Look, there's a, there's a, there's different stages. You could be on traveling with a stinky person. Oh my gosh, and you're just stuck, stuck. Like if you're on a plane, you're just stuck, stuck. I'm gonna be honest. I still throw bags in my like a mask in my bag, and I've been around someone. I've thrown it on. <laughs> it's a way around it. If you're on uh, a plane and someone's stinky. I'm See, just telling you, throw like, in some disposable masks because you can throw it on. I kind of feel like that's almost like the opposite. Like, if I had something in my teeth, I would want you to tell me immediately. But if I was stinky, I, I, would, I guess I would want to know, but I, I wouldn't know what to do about it. But it just depends. There's nothing like, I could do. It depends like on the type I go take of... a hobo bath in the family bathroom like Strofe does? Well, but, not like Strofe taking a hobo bath, but like use the family yeah. bathroom. But also, there's like... I don't use that anymore. There are times... You literally took a photo from the family bathroom last week. Well, that's because it was the easy, it was right there. I just had to take a picture. But it's there's like Fair levels point. to this. Because there are times where I feel like you've been like, oh, man, I feel bad. I stink. You know, like whether you got from the gym or you've got to put the order. Like, And so if, it's, if you're that person, you're like, someone told you that, I'd be like, you know what? I, I do, and I'm sorry. Yeah, like, right. That's my bad, but there's another time if you're a habitual stinker, and you don't know if you're like traveling and they sit down next to you. Ah. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely something to like being self-aware of it, but clearly the people you're sitting by, Jimmy, are not right. aware of their well, and this vomit. Is not, this is not B.O. This is just like, what, what do you think it is if it's vomit-like? I think it's from their hair. Oh. Because both times I'm sitting, or there's one below but us. But like, even Matt, last year when he did his week and a half bender without washing his hair he didn't stink that bad his yeah. hair didn't smell good i smelled it if you remember yeah but, yeah. It, didn't, but it didn't smell like vomit true but i mean there's probably more maybe to so it. like uh maybe it's like a natural thing like apple cider vinegar i you know take I mean? the smell of apple cider that kind of gives me like it, it doesn't it's not bile but it's it's not a good flavor right it's strong it's pungent it smells yeah maybe it's just some like home re- remedy you know what I mean? Oh, like they do Mix their like, own. Yeah, blend some pineapple with coconut and apple cider vinegar and put it in your hair and then rinse it out. But it's and like a whole like thing. Like do. it's not, it's part of their vibe, if you will. Like you've all like, whether it's at, at work or at like school or wherever, there's just been like a person where you're like, you know, they maybe don't want, like they don't 
shower as much as everyone else does, or don't clean their clothes, or they don't have as many clean, like they don't do their laundry as much, or they wear things a few more times than a normal person would, plus their hair. So it's like a whole thing. Gotcha. So that's where it's tough. They're saving water. I think they're just really eco friendly. And I think that you could do it like this of like, you kind of get a feel though of like, if someone, like if you're traveling, I think they give off a look. If some, if I saw Matt Hamilton today and he stunk, I'd be like, well, he's got he's got an athletic shirt on. Now it's Iron Jack, so clearly he wouldn't stink. Yeah. But you'd be like, all right, maybe he's just from the gym and you smell. But it's like if there's a body odor smell, like, okay, he worked out. He should have showered, but he just screwed up. But there's other people like, those clothes look kind of dirty and your hair looks kind of greasy. This is just kind of maybe who you are. <laughs> And I don't know so the answer what to him? do with it, but 844-770-3776, uh, any advice for dealing with stinky people, I would appreciate it. Cody in Milton chimes in, do you get your hair cut after you wash it or after uh, work when it's dirty? I feel terrible going with dirty hair. Agreed. To get your hair cut. Agreed. Ag- See, I go to places that I'm, oh, I know I'm going to get my hair washed prior to the haircut. Yep. And mind you, I don't get very many haircuts. Yep. It doesn't happen very often anymore. Yep. But, like, I'm not going to wash my hair and take a shower when I know someone's going to wash my head in, like, 20 minutes when I show up for this appointment. Now, I'm not going to, like, go – I'm not going to, like, push it and, like, I'm going to go work out and then go to the my barber without taking a shower. But, like, if you wake up in the morning, you got a 10 o'clock barber appointment, just go right to the barber. They're going to shampoo your hair. Plus, you're probably going to want to rinse off after the shower or after the haircut. Because you're all covered in hair on your neck and stuff. It's like you shower post haircut anyway. So why would I do one prior to the haircut, get my hair shampooed at the haircut, and then have to take another shower afterwards? We'll continue that on the other side. This is Rutledge and Hamilton presented by Coors Light. Alex Drove here for my friends at Door County Distillery. Locally produced, handcrafted, and award-winning spirits. And get this, we just rolled out a brand new digital series, Sipping with Strofe. You can learn how to make the Carlsville sour, but right now also on social media at ESPN Madison on Facebook and Instagram. It's your chance to win Door County Distillery Gin, Door County Distillery Bourbon Whiskey, the Rye Whiskey, their Shot Glasses. All you have to do is comment on the Facebook or Instagram post, and you can win that badass prize pack from my great friends over at Door County Distillery. Plus, on their website, you can find locations near you to pick up their Rye Bourbon, their Single Malt Whiskey, all their great stuff. DoorCountyDistillery.com is the website. You can also find their unique cocktail recipes there, so you can't go wrong. Go enter the Sipping with Strove contest on ESPN Madison's Facebook and Instagram page. You have about 48 hours left on that till Wednesday afternoon to enter. All it takes is a comment, and then also you can just enjoy the delicious, the legendary Door County Distillery. Find it near you, DoorCountyDistillery.com. That's DoorCountyDistillery.com.